Hey guys, thanks for tuning in again. Uh, from Faulty Logics, this is the Raptors Den. Thank you. This is Peter uh, coming in from the Raptors Den with my buddy here, Dan, our resident fantasy guru for NBA knowledge. Uh, coming out to you guys with another Raptors Den podcast live. Just so we can start off with some Raptor details that have started around the league for this week. Not sure if you want anything to start off with there, Dan, any starting points or anything. Yeah, so before we get into everything, I just got to get all the, the, what do you call the it? The giveaways and all yeah. the shout-outs. All the shout-outs and, shout and everything. Just get that off the table first. So uh, if you guys have been following us, we have a, a giveaway that we're doing. Once we get to 100 subscribers, we're going to select um, people who are in the comment section of any Raptors Den uh, episode so far. Leave a comment uh something basketball relevant hopefully it's raptors relevant we're gonna select someone randomly once we hit uh, 100 subscribers two people randomly actually yep. I, I think we're gonna do it live on the show yeah we definitely can do it live pick, give it a shout out um, pick a name on pick a name out of the hat i was gonna say you can't leave your your youtube accounts as private you have to leave a comment with a name or something a username if you don't want to use your real name yep. on the air because we got to see that you are subscribed in order to win correct. as well too correct uh so the prizes are two 15 google play gift cards uh, again, two winners, so um, you have two chances of possibly winning with just one comment. So that's uh, that's the giveaway there. Uh, another shout out before we get into everything is uh, the truth. My friends over at the Truth at Caribbean One Hundred and One, uh, check out their podcast or radio show, live radio show uh, Sundays at four p.m. to five thirty p.m. Uh, if you tuned in last week, they're talking about dating. Uh, lots of interesting people calling in and telling stories and asking questions uh, with high demand. They're going to do a second episode this week, so check it out. Really fun. Really fun. Great topics that they touch on. It involves everybody's day-to-day living. Uh, something you should definitely check out. Yeah, so uh, yeah, that's pretty much it for now. Uh, let's get into the uh, the Raptors and NBA discussion. To the, real, to the real meat and potatoes of this podcast here. So let's talk about some NBA uh, starting off with our home team here, the Toronto Raptors. Um, as a whole, not just realistically Raptor-oriented here, uh, more, le- more on the whole league scope of things, yep. the general tension in the NBA. Lots with, of tension. In the last month, I would say, maybe even under a month, we've seen a lot of... Just from the new year. Yeah, mostly it seems like the turn of the, of the calendar made people a little bit more antsy, a little bit more hyped up. Just the general fighting and disagreements on the courts that are unbasketball related. So more or less just standing out in the plays, holding each other's jerseys, getting a little bit of physical, physicality in the games. Just overall tempers are flaring. And it seems like it's league-wide, not just Raptor based there. Of course, the Raptors have been involved in a couple altercations (laughs) with a couple teams, primarily in the last week and a half to two weeks. Uh, But how do you feel about the tension in the NBA there, Dan? Uh, yeah, pretty much exactly what I said. Even last week, we touched up on a bunch of different yeah. incidents as well. And then in the past week since then, yeah. there have been a couple more incidents. Yeah. So uh, it's it's been pretty crazy. Um, honestly, I kind of like it because it makes it really interesting now. It, it does throw you back to the old school basketball where there's not many friendships. People don't really know each other as well as that people know each other nowadays right. because of AAU ball and things of that nature. It seems like everyone has a nice camaraderie aspect in the NBA where they didn't have it back in the old days. It is taking us back to the olden days. I, I do like it as well to an extent. I don't want anything to take away from the actual gameplay right. with these long pauses where the refs are <laughs> reviewing stuff, technicaling people, ejecting people. I, I agree ejections are necessary, but they're not always the best thing because I pay when I pay my tickets. I want to see the best players go at it. Exactly. No point of having the best players getting ejected in the second quarter, or the third quarter. What's what's exactly. the point of that? You don't want to see any ejections or anything like that. But at the same time, you want to see the next time these play uh, teams are gonna face off against each other because you know it's gonna be intense. Like, exactly. Almost playoff atmosphere. Exactly. That was exactly what I was gonna say as well. Um, but taking it to a more of a Raptors perspective on that tension in the NBA, like we were talking about last podcast and the. The altercations that they had with the Miami Heat, those two offset uh, uh, situations, as well as I believe that they had a little bit of a running with the Brooklyn Nets as well. Um, From that week to this week on Martin Luther King Day, there was a pretty big run-in, a couple of them, with yet again Kyle Lowry, DeMar DeRozan, and the 
uh, Philadelphia 76ers, primarily Ben Simmons and TJ McConnell. Um, getting into the TJ McConnell, DeMar DeRozan, one, that one was a little bit not as serious as the Kyle Lowry, Ben Simmons one. No one was ejected. Technicals were tossed. Um, just to recap the play, it looked like it was midway through the second quarter. DeMar had a silly turnover, turned it over to TJ McConnell. And it looks like the foul was more or less just to stop any type of fast break. Right. Um, TJ took exception to that, got into DeMar's face. Technicals were tossed. Nothing was thrown or anything. People were separated. But how do you feel about TJ's reaction to the foul or even DeMar's foul for that situation? Uh, I think that the foul from DeMar was a uh, was dumb foul. Um, I think similar to the Miami Heat game we had against them, um, it was it was very high intensity right off yeah. the bat. Uh, there was a lot of physical plays. Um, I know Joel Embiid caused uh, an injury to Fred Van Vliet. Yep. Um, so that was probably another thing that uh, had tempers flaring. Um, so out of frustration, I could see Demar making a stupid mistake like that, just mm-hmm. losing his cool. But McConnell. Uh, I think McConnell is hilarious because <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny because uh, these little guys, like you always say, is like they always seem to get under your skin somehow. Yep. And uh, funny enough, like I just watched an uh, interview by um, Spurs coach uh, Greg Popovich, um, and he was talking about uh, fights in the NBA, and he was laughing at it. He's like, "Fights in the NBA? You mean like those hold me back? Like, well, <laughs> what am I gonna do now? Like, those those are nothing. Those aren't fights." Right? No. So I think because of that, all these little young guards that are super feisty and stuff like that, they, they can be as feisty as they, they are mm-hmm. because they know nothing's really going to happen. And there's no way they're actually going to get put in their place. Right. Um, I totally agree with that there. It's more or less the pit bull mentality, which our own point guard, Kyle Lowry, has right. within himself as well. Yeah. Um, it's more or less like the Gordon Dragic, the TJ McCall. I know that we both said Matthew Delavadova yeah. is one of these kind of guys Chris as Paul. well. Chris Paul <laughs> is one of these guys. The six foot three, uh, sub six five guys that think they play like a seven foot big man. <laughs> these guys need to be put into their place where they're not necessarily going to be put in their place just because there's no physicality um, option in the NBA. Going back to the DeMar DeRozan TJ situation, yes, DeMar turned the ball over. Yes, generally coaches like them to take a foul so there's no fast break opportunity. In this case, DeMar didn't need to have that cheeky foul purely because everyone was already behind the ball. Um, There was no real fast break. If there was, it was going to be a five on four. Um, Nothing that was unmanageable by the defense. Um, So yes, the foul was unnecessary, but to me, the TJ McConnell reacting to that foul was even more unnecessary than the foul itself. <laughs> that was what instigated that's everything. What, that's what instigated it. was not a foul to the face. It wasn't a hold. It was a, a, a hip check. Not even a hip check. It was a it's hip a shove, shove um, from hand to, to hip where TJ didn't fall over, didn't get blown away. He tripped a little bit and then regained his balance. Right. Does that involve a face-to-face confrontation where players have to get separated? Hell No. I think it was unnecessary just to try and get under DeMar's skin. Yeah. Um, trying to get him off his game, which, in all honesty, me, if I was in TJ McConnell's position, I'd probably do the same thing. She would. You're thinking That's to get a couple technicals. <laughs> exactly. TJ McConnell, yes, he's vital to the, to the Sixers team. He's not top five on their team. Right. He is expendable. He could get thrown out, and they would be perfectly fine. If DeMar got thrown out, our team would be in shambles for the rest of the game. <laughs> So I think that was more or less what TJ was trying to do. Do I fault him? No. Do I give him credit? I don't think so either. But it was one of those things that were totally unbasketball related. Um, moving to the more serious altercation that happened in that basketball game revolving Kyle and Ben Simmons, that one got ejections for both right. players. Double technicals. Like six seconds left in the game. In the game, something. it was yet again unnecessary. Didn't help the game didn't hurt the game in any situation at all but tempers were definitely flaring um how do you feel about kyle and demar uh kyle and ben simmons altercation i thought it was pretty funny because uh this this is the first time i think at least i've seen that a player would call somebody else and be like yo let's meet in the in the locker meet in the hallway (laughs) that for me 
I was more impressed that Ben Simmons was the one that was right. instigating that. Let's meet over here, I, Kyle. I did not like, see that coming from Ben. <laughs> neither did I. Like Ben is very a, a, a calm guy. You don't yeah. really see him in the media. You don't see him getting aggravated on the court. He doesn't show too much emotion while he's playing the game. But going up to a veteran who Kyle Lowry is a veteran. He's a pit bull. And he's a pit bull. And he's a respected veteran in the league going, all right, let's meet in the locker room. Let's meet in the hallway and we'll settle this man-to-man face-to-face. <laughs> To me, that showed a lot of character by Ben Simmons. No fear. Um, I love it. I, I think it was great. Like, yeah. even though it was against our team, well, my team, I thought it was Ben Simmons showing some charisma, and I loved it. Did anything happen afterwards? We don't know. Um, based on the reports, there's a lot of different reports on this situation. Mm, yeah. One report was saying that there was an altercation in the locker area. Yeah. Another report was saying that the way that the hallways are set up, they would never would have bumped into each other anyways. Yeah. I don't know if that's true or not. Um, uh, another report was saying that they were both waiting for each other. Yeah, no one came. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think one said that Lowry was saying something like, uh, he, he was asking his opinion on the whole thing. Mm. And he's saying, like, oh, I guess uh, Simmons thinks he's somebody now or whatever, yeah. right? So, so uh, actually, I remember hearing that as well from Kyle's pro- post-game conference that he had after the game, saying that Simmons was thinking now that he's having a half-decent good season right. without being injured, he now he thinks he's somebody in the league and he deserves everybody's respect. Well, Kyle just doesn't think that he deserves it as of yet, hasn't even made it to one All-Star break yet. Um, there's a lot more to be proven. I think even within that statement that he said, more or less... Because Kyle Lowry is a homegrown Philadelphia man. Yeah. I think it's more or less that he doesn't want to lose the grip that he has on, on his Philly. city to Ben Simmons, who is now the face of Philadelphia basketball, yeah. which is very ev- evident, which is very well-deserved because he is the best player on that team. Besides Joel Embiid, there is conversation about that. Right. Um, so more or less, I think it was Kyle fighting for his city, <laughs> not more or less than than fighting with Ben Simmons himself. I love that you bring that up because I was just thinking about that as well too. Where um, there was talks uh, uh, even last season or mm-hmm. the season before about whether or not Lowry's going to go back to Philadelphia. Home. Yep. And, before he signed uh, that contract extension with us, he did right. interview with Philadelphia. And if they uh, if they have some sort of beef and rivalry at this point. And then he ends up deciding to go back to Philadelphia, like, yo, that's like that's that's like Kevin Durant esque move. <laughs> does, that would be like Kevin Durant going back to Oklahoma. That would be, I don't see it. Then again, like he like you said, he did have conversations with the 76ers before he signed that deal. Of course, I wasn't in the room. I, from what I can see, they probably passed on Kyle Lowry because they had Ben Simmons. You have a, ben, a guy who is 6'11", that can play point guard, shooting guard, small forward. He does it all. Do you need another veteran point guard who is probably going to be looking for max contract deals? No. I'm I would gonna, go for the young guy. I'm, I'm going to be a bit guilty here. But when the, that whole ordeal was happening, I was like, please, please don't sign Lowry to the Philadelphia Sixers, uh, 76ers because I can't let him ruin that team right now. <laughs> 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 like, like he he can hold Toronto back a little bit, but he I need to trust the process. Like he can't be on that team. It's they true. don't need him. I, honestly, he wouldn't have helped the rebuild because he was on the decline. I I understand that. Right. Um, so no, I agree. I think it was more or less fighting for a city than fighting with Ben Simmons. Yet again, unnecessary. I don't even really know what sparked the altercation I had them between them two. Uh, but I think it was more or less just the fighting. Uh, the chippiness in the game where it was a playoff atmosphere, mm-hmm. playoff mentality, which realistically you're going to expect in an Eastern Conference rivalry game. All of these Eastern Conference games are having playoff atmospheres with the Miami game that we had, with the um, this Philadelphia 76ers game that we had as well. Chicago had a nice little chippy game also. Um, I think it's just something that you're going to be expecting with the competition, especially in the East, being so close. Right. Like between one to eight, there are no real decisive winners. Like even Cavaliers going into the season, we thought they were heads and shoulders above everybody else. Right. Were they fourth in the East with the most updated stats or maybe third in the East? Something like that. Behind us and the Celtics, like they're not even really dominating the conference. Um, so I think that's where these tension fights are coming from is more or less just the competitive nature coming back into the game without having two clear-cut favorites in each conference anymore. Mm-hmm. But... Um, so those were the two fights that were um, happening with our Raptors there primarily. 
we can definitely touch base on other I don't want to say beefs, but instant incidences that we had in the NBA. I think this one's going to turn out into a beef for sure. <laughs> for sure. Um, definitely, you can start off there, Dan. Let's um, introduce that. Well, first off, I think it was a very highly anticipated game to begin with because uh, Chris Paul, his first, uh, the Rockets' first game against the Clippers, he wasn't able to play. Yep. Um, and so this was really his uh, his first game against his team and it happened to be in the city of LA so I mean everybody booed him I I think they did like I don't know if they did a montage or anything like that Uh, I I, I can't see the first game they appreciate him a little bit just for the video but the rest of it was just like it was high intensity you are the other team now we respect what you did but now you're our enemy right more or less so uh, the whole game again it was something chippy Um, we all know that Chris Paul requested the trade Uh, his whole time there uh, with the Clippers organization, it seemed like he always kind of butt heads with Blake Griffin. Yep. And that was really showing in this game. Like, they were not getting along. Not at all. <laughs> and he was butting heads a little bit with Doc Rivers as well. Yeah. Um, mainly going back to that uh, Rockets-Clippers game, most of the beef itself, most of that confrontation was between Chris Paul, Trevor Ariza, and Austin Rivers, Doc Rivers' son that is on the same team as uh, as as the Clippers. Right. From what I heard in reports, post conferences, things of that nature, it was from a former teammate on the Clippers who was with Austin Rivers. I don't remember if it was. Um, I want to say Matt Patrick Barnes, Beverly? maybe Patrick Beverly. I want to say Matt Barnes, who was on the Clippers once upon a time with Rivers playing there, saying that Rivers is a very confident young fellow, yeah, very sure of himself, very arrogant, where that can rub people the wrong way very easily. Especially when a lot of people look at him and they're thinking, you're only playing because your you're dad's on your the dad's coach. Team. Yeah. <laughs> that, and, and, and I am one of those guys. I don't think <laughs> he would be on any other NBA roster if his dad wasn't calling the shots. I think right now, he's playing pretty well. Yes. But like a few years ago when he got the chance... And it took him how many years? Like three or four years since then to finally become the player he is now. On another team, he wouldn't have had that many opportunities to try to make a name for himself. Boom. Took the words right out of my mouth there, Dan. I would have said the reason why he's playing good now, and we got to give him credit. He is playing good. It's the fact of he's getting opportunities. Where on other teams, he probably wouldn't have got those opportunities. He would have to prove himself in practice where... I can't see him being the most practice-worthy guy, like, giving it his all. He would have to he fight for these He probably would have got waves in his first or second season. Exactly. So it's like, prove to us you should be in the NBA before you start thinking you run the NBA. Right. Um, yes, you can be very confident, very arrogant, but you got to prove it. You have to back it up on the court where I just don't think he's done that yet. So he shouldn't have the hot head that he does have. Let alone, that was just one of the altercations in the game. That was one of the that was the catalyst, the main offset. But then again, the whole game was a playoff type atmosphere, <laughs> very chippy. At the late game, the late stages of that game, Blake Griffin was trying to milk out the clock a little bit when they were had the lead. His sweats he, uh, got ripped because yeah. people were pulling on shorts, pulling jerseys, trying to get the foul. I think after one play, while he's running down the floor, he ran towards the uh, the Houston bench ben, as well, and Mike and Tony. He elbowed Mike D'Antoni. Yeah. And D'Antoni got in his face. That like the coaches were getting involved. Like this was, in all intents and purposes, a violent, physical shit show of a game. Like this was, if there were no refs, this was on the streets. This was hardcore. Um, I like it. I would pay money, like big bucks, to have a playoff series of these two teams, Clippers versus the Rockets. Oh. It would be a seven-game slugfest. It would be awesome. Another another play that I wanted to point out too was uh, there was that one play where Blake Griffin was trying to save it out of bounds, mm. and he just whips it at Eric, Eric Gordon, Gordon. Yeah. and like yo, he didn't have to throw it that hard or like at his I, head. Yeah, like, right? you could you could have thrown off a knee or something or leg, like, which usually people that's try to usually do, what right? people do. People try and bounce it into them, not straight bullet to their this face. This is trying to throw the ball through Eric Gordon. <laughs> hey. It worked. It hit Gordon, went out of bounds. They got the ball back. Like, it, it worked. It could have been executed a little bit better. Yeah. Um, but all in all, that game was just chippiness where it didn't really necessarily need it to be chippy. Um, 
I like it. I like the fieriness. I can't wait for playoffs now. Oh, I think I think it is just a little bit too early for this type of game, though. We haven't even had All-Star break yet. There is still 40-plus games to play. Is it 40-plus? I thought we're I'm halfway sure. through the season already. 82 games? I yes. think we're past 42. Okay, so it's so. just sub sub 40 games. Yeah, so I'd yeah, say yeah. just around 30 to maybe 25 per team. There's yeah, still yeah. a long way to go. There's still multiple months. Hopefully these chippiness don't die out. And we still get good basketball throughout. Um, but but I like it. I, I hope it doesn't yeah. get to ejections and, and full suspensions. But chippiness is always good as long as it's maintained within the game. What about all that stuff that happened post the game? Yes, we would not be a good basketball podcast if we didn't talk about this this is something that was unheard of in the nba there was secret passages utilized by the clippers and the houston well not by the clippers by the rockets this game was in the staples center which was occupied by uh the clippers chris paul being a longtime member of the clippers there knew some back ways around the the stadium which he and Trevor Ariza used to get to the Clippers' home locker room to have an altercation with um, Austin Rivers and the fellow Clipper organization. I don't believe it got to physical altercations, but it did get to security being involved, police being called, and teams getting notifications and, and separate. Yeah. Um, from, from what I heard... Um the closest person to the that that entrance, that backway entrance, was DeAndre Jordan. Mm. So he was kind of the guy that was in between everyone. Is like, look, you guys are not getting past. No. And DeAndre and Chris Paul still have a good relationship, yep. so nothing's gonna happen between them. But I mean, uh, Ariza and whoever it is, they it, still had words to say to Austin Rivers. Exactly. It was Ariza. So. I know James Harden was supposedly in there, even though oh, he was yeah. injured. He wasn't even in the game. <laughs> But he had something to say to Austin Rivers, which was hilarious. But I don't think Rivers was in the game either. Yeah, I think that, he was yeah, also, I think he was also yeah, injured. And, and Patrick Beverly. So yeah. it's like all these non-vital <laughs> players were the ones getting into the beef, which is beyond me, but very funny. Um, didn't need to get to locker room beefs and locker room brawls. Hell no, I don't think so at all. Um, I love to see it. It does remind me of going to a different sport within the city still with the Toronto uh, TFC, Toronto soccer team that won the MLS Cup. They had a similar situation with them in their semifinal game with uh, Columbus SC, the crew. Not sure. I'm not too big into MLS soccer. But then they had an altercation outside the locker rooms in the hallway as well before the game. Why? Because they're you're not going to actually punch anyone in the face. There's no real benefit of having these <laughs> physical altercations in the locker room because nothing ever gets done. Like you were saying with the Popovich interview where it was a hold me back, but look what I can do. <laughs> nothing ever gets done. Why try and sneak into the home locker room? If if Chris Paul and Ariza got into the locker room, say DeAndre Jordan wasn't there, what, what were you going to do? Punch him in the face and get right. ejected and get probably suspended for the rest of the season? Like. And- one of the things that Jalen Rose also talks about too is like he always says when it comes to these fights, you know a fight isn't going to happen because these players' hands are what makes them their money. Exactly. They're not going to do anything to damage those hands. Exactly. Can you imagine throwing a punch, breaking your hand, you're missing eight months? It was that one idiot who, uh, I forget who it was, but he, he punched the, the fire extinguisher mm. and he, the glass cut. I, I don't know. It was I think it was a clipper think- like a few years ago. I don't remember. Don't remember that one. We, we can look into that one there but for sure. he was making fun of them for but, that too. Good, which is stupid. Why would you do anything that would, one, injure yourself, which your body is your livelihood. Two, get yourself ejected or suspended, which is also your livelihood. <laughs> like, mind you, you have to remember, when these guys get suspended, or um, suspended, they lose money. They don't get paid for the games that they get suspended from. Right. So it's, it's like missing work. Why would you do that to miss work and not get paid? Especially when you're making so much in one game. So much money from one game. It's, it's, I don't know. I don't see the benefit of that, but everyone, to each their own, I'm sure. Uh, so, in terms of fights that do get real, though, we had one other incident this, uh, this week. This fight? It, I don't know if you can call it a fight because no punches were landed or anything of that nature. But if this punch was landed, it, it would have ended, ended games. <laughs> like... Careers could have possibly been over. Yo, um, so we are uh, referring to the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Orlando Magic um, 
beef or fight that they had with Aaron Ofalo from the Orlando Magic Organization. And I'm sorry, I'm going to probably butcher this name, but uh, Bajalaka? Bielica, I think. Bielica of the Minnesota Minnesota Timberwolves as well got into a heated, heated confrontation. (laughs) Um, All started with a follow was guarding the bigger man, Bajika, on the the offensive rebound, going for a rebound. um, Looked like he was trying to face up to box him out for the ball. Got a little bit of a physical altercation when he was trying to rebound the ball. Aaron Afalo took exception to that. And it, it was a, it was a hard shove though. I it, think it was I think a, it was, a push. was not making a basketball play. No, it, it, it was a push. It was yeah. a get out of the way, little man. I'm getting this rebound. Um, Afalo took exception to this, and if you guys seen this video, he swung for the fences. It was on a this wild guy. haymaker. Like this, <laughs> if this connected one. Belichicka, whatever, would have missed <laughs> significant time. Two, Aaron Ofalo, if not broke his hand, would have missed significant time from a suspension for sure. Possibly um, even get kicked out of the NBA. Yeah, like that's, that's a this possibility. was unnecessary. This haymaker was unreal. Um, but to be fair, like Bobby Portis punched his own teammate and never got kicked <laughs> out. True. <laughs> but then again, that was more of a, 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 a team thing. a team organization. Do what you want to your own idiot. Right. Um, but this haymaker, thankfully, it didn't connect. And it was quickly de-escalated by a headlock that Aaron Afalo got himself put into by Belagica. Yeah. Um, it was quite hilarious. You can see that he did not want anything to do with this Aaron Afalo fight. <laughs> He was trying to just to de-escalate the situation, put him in a headlock, trying to get his teammates to like help him out. Orlando Magic's teammates were all over him as well. Um, not sure. What was the uh, the ruling on this? Were there any suspensions or ejections? That, well, ejections were sure, were, yeah, were ejections out there. Yeah, ejections for sure. Um, but, I don't I don't remember any any ruling from the organization about Aaron Afalo and that haymaker. Yeah, I never I never followed up on it. I just Neither thought the video I. was hilarious and amazing. Honestly, seeing that on Twitter and Instagram, it made me howl, and <laughs> I thought we had to throw it in, even a two cents, even though we don't know too much about it. Hey, uh, subscribers, if you have seen this video and you know the outcome of this, definitely leave a comment. I would definitely like to look into this to see if Afalo's missing any time. Yeah, I was even joking. Like uh, this punch was even like. It made James Johnson look soft. <laughs> like, like, honestly, that <laughs> Abaka, James versus Ibaka. That Ibaka James Johnson square up. That that was nothing. That was schoolyard pushing compared to this haymaker that was thrown. This was <laughs> this is some UFC stuff going on. This was this was epic. Like I I sort of wish it did connect just to see the outcome, <laughs> but I'm glad it didn't because yeah. that would have been that would have been devastating for for both sides. <laughs> um, great. Moving on to that, from tensions within the league as well, another reason for to me why I think tensions are boiling up, especially recently, was just the way that refs are handling situations in the game. Um, I heard a nice quote that DeMar actually said being interviewed after the Golden State Warriors game that was close to the very end. He says that a quote that was saying he feels like for most games nowadays, they're playing eight against five where the other three players that come on, on the court or the three referees that seem to go against you more than for you right. across the board. Every team probably feels the same way where the three refs are never on their side. They're on the other team's side more right. or less than being impartial or unbiased. Um, so I think that's one of the reasons what's leading to the high tensions within the game. It's just that you're not looking out for me, refs. I'm going to look out for me, and that's going to be taking off your head, taking off the other team's heads, just because no one's looking out for me, so I'm going to look out for myself. Right. I, I totally agree, and I kind of see where DeMar is coming from as well. At the same time, um, I mean, being what the, the guy that is second in the NBA for free throws, yep, it's kind of hard for you to complain not getting calls. But at the same time, I can see a lot of these plays go by where the Raptors should be getting calls, even if it's not necessarily DeRozan. Mm-hmm. But Raptors, a lot of Raptors players are, players are not getting calls. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing with a lot of teams. Like, no matter what team you uh you you cheer for, me being a basketball fan and not really uh somebody who follows one team specifically, I can kind of see games from every fan's perspective. And every every team, every fan base thinks that the referees are out out oh, to get them. To get them. Yeah. And I can understand that, but like realistically right now, 
these refs are getting a lot of bad calls. Yes. Like, that's no joke. Maybe. Like, in the past, I, I would say, like, there's a lot of these refs that did make good plays and stuff. They might miss one or two there. Mm-hmm. Right now, the refs are missing a lot. A lot. A lot. There's a lot of shitty calls going on. But I also have to credit, well, not credit, but you also have to bring into realization a lot of those older refs that were the, the good ones, the, the Crawfords, the... Um, I know there's so many good refs and I can't remember any of their names right now. Yeah. But they all have since retired and we are seeing a fresh new crop of referees in the league. Yeah. Um, one, not much experience. So that's one thing. Again, they must have experience in other leagues, but it's not as fast-paced or as serious as the NBA. So you have to give them a little bit of a learning curve to, to catch up on. Can't make any excuses, though. They have to do their job correctly. This is what they're pay- getting paid to do. They're at a professional level. Like- exactly. They're getting paid to make the right calls, and you can't you can't not make the right calls. Another thing that I feel is leading to the tension is in the last couple of years, the NBA has made a, a movement to be more transparent with their calls and the way that referees are doing their officiating. At the end of every game, in the last two minutes, the refs and the league put out reports for potential missed calls, change of possessions, and just ways that they might have made differences in the last two minutes. To me, I find that hurts more than it improves. Because if you look in these last two-minute reports on Raptors games specifically, they have came out and said, we missed two or three fouls on DeMar DeRozan that could have made foul shots, which were to change the game. Of course, it's not just the Raptors. They miss calls for the Warriors as well with their close game or with the Heat, which was a close game as well, which would have changed the game. I don't like those reports. Yes, they're necessary to show, to take ownership of their mistakes because everyone's right. human. But I don't like it because it you shows. You anything either. It, it's not fixing anything. And it shows that the refs are the reason for these in, yeah. are, are the reasons for these games. That, that could have... Gone the either way. The game. They are deciding games in the NBA. It, it, it's it's absolutely atrocious because, like, of course, you want to have unbiased refs that just mediate and not be outcome makers of the games. But it it's going that way that that's what is happening. They are they are making these outcomes of these games because of missed calls or terrible calls of one one missing out of bounds, right. two calling out of bounds, then retracting them, <laughs> subtracting time, adding time, stuff like that. Just totally takes away from the real game itself. Another thing that Draymond uh, talked about this as well too is uh, he was saying something like, "What's so special about the last two minutes?" Like. Sure, there could have been a bad call in the last two minutes, but what about that bad call at the beginning of the third or something? Yeah, with that, the first that could minute. have changed the whole uh, momentum of a game as well, too, right? It's true. So I know that he's Draymond, who is one Very of the vocal. spearheads, the spearheads that's upset about refing <coughs> organization. I actually think he was the one to request the meeting that they're going to have during the All Star break with him and the ref, not him specifically, but players in the referee association are going to have. Um, he he's totally right. If you're gonna just say why in the last two minutes, why not the whole forty-eight minutes of a game? Right. Um. What makes eight minutes a game more special than forty-eight? I agree with him. I think there should be more transparency through the whole league. But then again, you have to understand it's a judgment call. Refs are judgment calls, and it's impossible to make a hundred percent of people involved in that situation happy with a call. No matter what, someone is gonna be mad about the call. I, I like this one thing that Stan Van Gundy, uh, no, not Stan Van Gundy, Jeff Van, Jeff Van Gundy. Gundy. He uh, he said, <clears throat> he said, uh, in certain types of plays, because you see players cry about calls all the time, all the time, and sometimes it's blatantly obvious that that player did f- commit a foul. Mm-hmm. And he's saying that uh, if in this case a player cries about not committing a foul, and it is absolutely clear that he did commit a foul, that player should get ejected. <laughs> That is to the very, very extreme, but I see where he's coming from. Because at that point, like, you're not going to cry about it unless you actually committed the foul. foul. Or, yeah. or you, or actually you didn't. didn't, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, that makes sense. I, I agree. Maybe <laughs> maybe not to that extreme. Maybe you throw it, I don't want to say technical, because that's quite extreme as well. But it's the fact of you're, you're crying wolf. Every single time the whistle's blown on you, you're just crying to cry, which is not necessary. I think there should be a penalty for blatantly saying, oh, that's not a foul ref. What are you looking at when we show the replay to the people on TV? And it's quite evident you you hacked them. 
you you hit him on the waist when he was going up for the layup. You the the second arm was pushing off. There should be accountability for players as well for crying wolf when you show the replay and everyone's like, yeah, that's a foul. Um, if it's a straight ejection, no. Maybe a warning. Second time you do it, then an ejection, yeah, maybe. Um, something to look into for sure, I, I think. So uh, where this is kind of going to is uh, there was a tech that Courtney Lee received this yep. week. I don't know if you saw the video at all. I did. Yep, I did. <laughs> so, so basically, it's a it's a tip off. Basically, it's a jump ball. Yep. Uh, I'm pretty sure it started overtime. Yeah, and uh, it all it looked like was like two players talking back and forth. Yep. And Courtney Lee in the post game interview, he even said what was being talked about. Yep. He's like, none of us were swearing. There's no bad words. We were just like we were talking back and forth, but yep. it was it was very like normal yes it, it was <laughs> it was normal competitive i'm gonna take it to you rook like let's see what you got right and, and if you guys haven't seen it it is between courtney lee and our canadian boy dylan brooks the rookie for the memphis grizzlies um yes memphis grizzlies <laughs> yeah. okay i had to think about that for a second um for the memphis grizzlies standing beside each other for the tip-off just i don't want to say friendly back and forth because it was not very friendly at all it was just the the normal pleasantries between two competitor Two competitive nature guys. Right. Um, no physical contact, nothing. No physical contact, no uh, curse words, no swear words. Well, as what Courtney as, Lee was yeah, saying. Yeah, as what he reported. We actually weren't there. Um, but no swear words that he was saying, not talking to the ref even. It was more or less Corey, um, Dylan Brooks saying like, we got you this time here, Courtney Lee. Let's see what you got. Courtney yeah. Lee's going, you're a rookie. Like, I, I don't know who you is. Like, what's going on here? Why are you even talking to me, Rook? And Courtney Lee kind of has something to back him up as well, too. Because yes, he's like, he's, look look at my track record. Like He is a veteran. I, I don't do stuff to get technicals. No. Like, he, he is a veteran. He has been in the game for uh, an extended time. Yes, he's bounced around from team to team. But he is a vital part on most teams that he is a part of. Um, the ref just totally took it way overboard and gave <laughs> a technical to solely Courtney Lee. Yes. That's what Courtney Lee is mainly upset of. Which to me would be mainly I would be upset of, upset with as well, if it was that was the reason. If you didn't like, if the ref didn't like the conversation that was happening, you have to double technical both of them. You can't solely pick out one person, tee him up and walk away like nothing happened. Like to me, it was either no technical play on or both get a technical. Don't do it again, or your guys are going to get ejected. Right. I'm not sure how you viewed on that one, Dan, but I I completely agree. Like. In this case, if if he was getting a technical because there was stuff said that we uh, that he didn't admit to, if there was cussing or profanity or whatever it is, um, then then sure, like both both people should have gotten a tech. But uh, I don't see any way that it should have been just one guy getting a tech, unless it was really Dylan Brooks not saying anything and. Courtney Lee was just shitting on the guy the entire time. And just talking. And but, I don't think that was the case. Well, that, that was not the case. You can clearly see in the video that both were chit-chatting. They yep. were both saying something. Yep. Of course, Courtney Lee could have taken it to the next level. Don't know the, the actual explanation there. But if that was the case, you could clearly see both people were talking. Yeah. They both should have got technical. Or no one should have got technical. You can't just single out one guy like that. <laughs> it is the refereeing just making another missed call that very well could have had a change on the outcome of the game. They got the free, a couple shots, and the ball back, which is just unnecessary. Um, which reminds me to, which makes, brings me back to back in the day with the Raptors with Vince Carter and Mo Pete. One of the first games back for Vince Carter in Toronto with the New Jersey Nets at this time, where Vince Carter comes back, slaps Mo Pete on the face, clear <laughs> as day, saw it on the, on the tape. Mo Pete retaliates and slaps him on the back of the head where the ref only saw Mo Pete's retaliation, gave him a technical, and kicked him out of the game, where Vince Carter got nothing wrong. That, to me, brings me back to this Courtney Lee situation where it's like, ref, like, come on. Why am I going to hit someone for absolute no reason like that? And and and, and non-expected retaliation. Like, they should have went back to the tape and saw that Vince Carter hit him first and either A, both get a technical, or B, take back Mo Pete's technical because... That was not just Mopey. It, yeah. it was unnecessary both ways. Um, just referees making a mess of calls. 
Yeah, and and to be fair, like back then they didn't have all these reviews and everything like that. So true. That is what it is. But right now you can't make those kind of same mistakes. No, right? when you do have the ability to go to the monitor, check the tape, check replays, seeing what was going on. Of course, they wouldn't replay a, a conversation, but something should have been done. Another ref should have came over and been like, "Yo, you made a mistake here. This is yeah. not right." Um, or something should have happened. Yeah. It was a mess all like, around. The only way I can see a one-way tech is like, it's kind of like after you dunk on somebody and you flex on them. Yeah, It's kind of like a taunting tech, right? Yes. But like, it doesn't seem like that at that all. That was so. not, yeah, that should not have happened at all. Yeah. Um, moving on to one of our uh, last uh, topics of the day here today, which was a pretty big topic as well in the NBA world, was the Jalen Rose... Um, <laughs> I don't even know how to say it. The way that Jaden Rose took the comment Paul Pierce made right. about him having his jersey retired sometime in the end of February. February I, I was going to say middle of February. <coughs> when the Cleveland Cavaliers come to the Boston Celtics, the Celtics were going to honor Paul Pierce with a jersey retirement ceremony right. so at the end of the game. Yeah, they were going to do it at the end of the game and throughout the entire game. Mm-hmm. They're going to put up little highlights of Paul Pierce's video. Yep. And being the first time that Isaiah Thomas is coming back to the um, what yeah, um, TD remember, Garden, TD Garden, yep. and playing, yep, I was gonna say playing in the game. They were gonna do a little tribute for Isaiah Thomas as well too, or they were at least debating it. Yeah, this has been something they've been de- they've been debating for weeks. Yes, right. So it's come down to the point where Paul Pierce doesn't want any of it. Um, Isaiah Thomas. He kind of feels like he deserves it, yeah. but at the same time, he's like, if everyone's making a big issue about it, then fine, don't do it for me. Yeah. Like, I respect Paul Pierce as what he's done for the Celtics, yeah. right? Other people are kind of uh, on both sides as well, too, all across the media. Mm-hmm. And then we had uh, Jalen Rose to Paul Pierce's face. To his face on the NBA. On live TV. NBA TNT post-game chatting. Some shit like that. Just straight to his face. <laughs> look to him who he says has a great relationship with Paul Pierce. They they are they still remain friends. Yeah. But but said to him, I think it is quite petty. Like that word petty. <laughs> you uh-huh. can see in Paul Pierce's face. <laughs> he was going to say like if I wasn't on camera, bro, like <laughs> those are fighting words. Like you could see his his face sink when that word petty was thrown out there. Um I would let you have your first two cents on that conversation there, Dan. How do you feel about Paul Pierce rejecting the idea or rejecting the uh, ability for the Celtics to honor Isaiah Thomas in a quick two-second, two-minute tribute video during the game? Right. Um, so I can go both ways on this as well, too. Like I understand definitely from Paul Pierce. He put in, what, 15 years or something? Yeah. Maybe more. Uh, yeah, I was going to say 17 um, or 18. Yeah, something One like that team. for the Celtics. And Yeah, he played for them, gave their heart out to them, won a championship with them. Yeah. Um, so he's, he definitely deserves that whole entire night for yep. sure. But he can definitely spare, like, what is it, like 30 seconds, That's a minute? I was going to say maybe, maybe a minute and a half. Yeah. Um, for a little tribute video. You have to also understand, it's not just that Isaiah Thomas played with the team for like two and a half years. It's not the fact that he brought them to the uh, Eastern Conference Finals. Yep. It's not the fact that uh, he led them to a lead uh, or the Eastern Conference uh, like first Final. seed. Yep, yep. Basically. Um, it wasn't about like all of that did have to do with it. But then you also have to look at the sacrifices he made with playing the day after your sister. sister passes away and uh playing with this injury and everything as yep. well too all that stuff that was going on you have to give him some sort of respect for that and i and i i totally agree with that um i think paul pierce also understands that and agrees with that as well that he does deserve a moment i think more or less paul pierce is saying why is his moment on my moment right with that I don't know. I'm with you both. I'm with you as well. I can go both ways on this, this on this debate. Yes, there are many other days that you can honor uh, Isaiah Thomas, um, but but then again, there are many other days that you can honor Paul Pierce. That's true. Why too. does it have to be on the Celtics game? Why can't it be when the Rockets come to town or the Hawks come to town? Why why on the Cleveland game where the only time you can honor Isaiah Thomas is when he's in the building. Yeah. Paul Pierce can come to the building whenever the heck he wants. I'm sure he has season seats or like free access to wherever that game he wants to go sure. to. He can go there. Yeah. Um, 
Agreed. I, I agree with Paul Pierce. It's his night. Give him a night. Don't honor anybody else. But why does that have to be on the Cavaliers' night? And the next point I like that Jane and Rose made to see to show why it is petty. They are honoring Paul Pierce at the end of the game. It's not even at halftime or po- or pregame. Yeah. So it's not like okay, we're going to do the Paul Pierce announcement, but first let's talk about Isaiah Thomas. It's not even like that. It's during the game, probably the first half timeout. Here's a minute and a half, Isaiah Thomas. Great end of the game, Paul Pierce. It's your time. Right. That from what Jalen Rose's uh, perspective is, that's why it's petty. It's during the game. There's going to be other announcements throughout the whole game of the happy birthday announcements or the. <laughs> donate to this charity announcement or right. do something that's not Paul Pierce related throughout the 48 minutes of the game why can't a minute and a half of that be to Isaiah Thomas because right. it's going to go to everybody else yeah and he was uh, he was pointing out the fact that like like sure it you can look at it as like it's your birthday but there are other people that could have the same the birthday, birthday. on the same day exactly it's it's yes you're going to get on it it's not oh. taking away anything that you have done for the organization Paul but it is that you have to also give credit to Isaiah Thomas and everything that he did for the organization. So that's what I don't understand as well. It's like when teams won championships or, or things of that nature, people come back and they honor the whole team, everyone in one shot. What, Paul Pierce wouldn't have won that? Like if they honored the 9 team as well on his Jersey retirement day, he wouldn't want that either? Like, no, <laughs> that, that makes no sense. Um, I, I think it is quite petty. You should have given him a minute and a half to honor the other star that was on the organization. Of course, Paul Pierce can feel whatever type of way he wants to feel about it. But then again, I somewhat blame the Celtics organization for giving Paul Pierce the opportunity to say, no, don't do that. If I was the organization, I wouldn't even have given Paul Pierce the opportunity to, to say no. I would have been like, Paul, we're honoring Isaiah Thomas as well. Have a good one. Bye. If you don't want your jersey retired today, that's fine. We can retire it next week. But we are honoring Isaiah Thomas because this is the first day he's coming back and he's actually playing. Don't like it. We can retire you tomorrow. If you do, we can we can do it both at one shot. Right. I think it was just a courtesy that the Celtics gave Paul the option. Paul took the courtesy and ran with it, which is totally in his right to do. But I think it was unnecessary both ways. I can see it like from the the franchise perspective where maybe this has been something that they already had planned and people are buying tickets specifically for this and everything mm-hmm. like that makes sense to me and then it just so happens that uh the first time that the cleveland cavaliers were playing in the gd garden isaiah thomas couldn't play that game so i can kind of understand at that point where like isaiah thomas didn't play in that game so why do we have to reschedule everything where people have already pre-purchased the tickets mm-hmm. but Still, like, I don't know. Just give the guys his minute. A minute and a half. <laughs> it's not that your jersey's getting retired as well, Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. It's not that anything. It's, it's, it's the fact of... Thank here's you for a minute, what you've done. Yes, here's a minute and a half. It's more or less, thank you for what you've done. Sorry you left the way you left. Yeah. Which I think would have been closure for the whole situation, which is needed, I feel. Hey, each their own, I, I guess. <laughs> I definitely would like to hear what you you viewers and uh, subscribers would think about that situation. Paul Pierce, is he petty or not? It would definitely be an interesting uh, debate. interesting it, thing to it, hear from you guys. It's an, un, an, an unending debate for sure. Um, moving on here to quickly uh, wrap it all up here. We did see a little bit more information about trade rumors and potential interest in some teams across the board. Um about DeAndre Jordan, Clippers, and Cavalier conversations. Now, I've heard other names being thrown around in the clip in the Cavaliers trade as well, such as George Hill, a part of the Sacramento Kings, being a nice point guard, guard kind of guy, or even Lou Williams. I've heard interest on Lou Williams coming to the Cavs. Of course, the Cavs are starting these rumors here. Um, <laughs> how do you feel? Do you think it's going to be a benefit if, I, if Lou Williams was in there or if George Hill came over? Um, I really like Lou Williams. I've always liked him since his days in Toronto Raptors. You know the man's the real MVP. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, I think Lou Williams would do great for them because he is going to be that guy that is really just, he's there to score. That's yeah, all he is. That's he's all a he scorer. Needs. That's all you need. Right? A guy off the bench to put the ball in the hoop. So, I think he would be a great replacement uh, 
for somebody like J.R. Smith, mm-hmm. I, I'm willing to get rid of him. I'm saying I'm because I'm a big uh, LeBron James guy. So I feel like I'm part of the Cavaliers organization. Fair. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, I, I really like the Lou Williams thing because um, if they work in a trade with DeAndre Jordan, that mm-hmm. could that could mean a Tristan Thompson, J.R. Smith or something like that to mm-hmm. make salaries work. Because mm-hmm. otherwise... I don't really like. I said I don't want to see Channing Fry go. No. I like him on the Cavs. Yep. I like the road tripping podcast. Huh. <laughs> the one thing that he's holding on to. <laughs> hey, I, actually, I wouldn't mind if Channing Fry left. That's just less podcast competition for us here. So more people would have to tune into our basketball podcast. Man, but it's so it's it's so funny. But um, yeah, I mean. I'd like to see Lou Williams put on a Cavaliers jersey. I think it would be nice. I It would be interesting. I can't see a Lou Williams-Isaiah Thomas combination. That's just two small guys that put the ball in the rim in a high volume. I can't see them both coming off the bench. If you do lose J.R. Smith, who's going to take the shooting guard position? And and remember, they also have a ton of guys at the guard position. They have Dwayne. They still have Kyle Korver, yep. uh, Dwayne Wade. They yep. have Derek Rose that just came yep. back. They have Iman Shumpert. Yep. There's a, there's a lot of depth there. Yeah. Jose Calderon. Hey. So there's a lot of guys playing the guard position. What they need to do is add depth uh, in the front court. Yes. And uh, in addition to that, I mean, I don't know why, but it's only the Cavs that are in trade discussions right now. Because well, they know that they're the only ones that need that last piece. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're the only people that are really pushing because they know that their team is not complete. Yep. So um, there's also been rumors that they throw out a trade offer for... Derek Favors and Rodney Hood. Mm, with the Utah so, Jazz. What do you think about that? Opposed in comparison to all these other trades that we've been hearing. Realistically, I think that trade would be more... I don't want to say wouldn't be better for the Cavaliers, but would be, uh, I think, a better fit. These guys are more, more or less role players, which is what the Cavaliers need. They don't need any more um, egos in the locker room, any more give me the ball, I need my 20 points a game. Um, these guys will be role players, defense and hustle, which is what they need. Um, with contracts balance, I don't know. I'll, I'd like to see. I also sort of heard that the Cavaliers were looking for a Dwight Howard fit instead of a DeAndre Jordan. Can't see the benefit of that. Oh, my God. But, <laughs> hey, Dwight Howard, I, I, I wish you the best still, bud. That's that's if if that happens, they're really I don't know why they're trying to get these all uh, washed up old guys. <laughs> like they they need some youth and some speed. They need some youth and hunger. Yeah, because that's that's one of the reasons why I like Derek Favors. I think Derek Favors is highly underrated. Yes. Um, but I don't like the addition of Rodney Hood. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he can definitely shoot threes. He's like a forty percent three point shooter. Um. But and he's a spacing kind of guy, spacing D, which is good, which is what they need. Right, but he's he's like he's a low if he's very inefficient. He's like thirty eight percent from the field or something like that. Then again, I think they might have to credit that to the team he's on. Utah as a whole, they True. aren't the most efficient team. Um, hey, but then again, maybe it would be a better fit with LeBron because yeah. when you are with LeBron, there's a lot less you have to do. Yeah, and then with this whole incident uh, with DeAndre Jordan being on trade talks and everything. Um, and the whole incident at the beginning of the podcast with them versus the Rockets, mm-hmm. DeAndre Jordan apparently has said that he wanted to get traded to the Rockets. Huh. <laughs> Probably just to connect with his old running mate, Chris Paul, which I yeah. can't doubt because DeAndre Jordan's best years were obviously with Chris Paul, do you Lob think, City. Do you think but. that's a good uh, move for Houston, though? No, I think it would be absolutely Capella? terrible. No, I think it would be absolutely terrible. Because, <laughs> one, they just run and gun. DeAndre Jordan needs a set offense. Uh, well, then again, because he doesn't really... He, he's just pick and pop, pick and yeah. roll kind of guy, where they don't really do too much of that in, the, in Houston's offense. Uh, they do have a lot of pick and roll with Clint Capella yeah. and uh, James Harden. But the guy can hit threes as well. Yeah, so I don't think I don't think DeAndre would fit the run-and-gun style of DeAndre, uh, Mike D'Ant- D'Antoni. It would be pretty cool to see him, like, Rejoin, and I think that would cause a lot more drama too. Yeah, it would. But I feel like he would actually be a better fit with the Cavaliers. Me too. Me too. So last thing before we finally finish, mm-hmm. we're gonna talk about the All Star starters because mm-hmm. that has been announced earlier this week. And we're gonna try official. to make it quick. But uh, basically, the team leaders here we have LeBron James as captain for the East, and Stephen Curry as captain of the West. Mm-hmm. So your thoughts? 
captain spot on. I'm pretty sure on our very first podcast, we said that these guys were going to be the, ca- the captains. You see the Curry or Durant very close. Yep. And, and they were very close as well. So I think we were spot on with that. Fans voting was spot on also. Um, just to round out the rest of the Eastern Conference team, we had uh, Kyrie Irving as the one. Your truly Raptor, DeMar DeRozan as the two. We have LeBron James as the three. Greek Freak as the four. And the first bid all-star as Joel Embiid. Yeah. Love that. Um, West Conference is led by Steph Curry at the point and the captain. Followed in with James Harden as the two. The three was Durant, uh, Anthony Davis as the four, and Boogie Cousins on the five. The one thing I don't really like about the All-Star, this All-Star, especially in the West, there's really only two teams that have any (laughs) representation. With the Rockets as James Harden, but that's about it. Yeah, yeah. Like, like on the east side, there's one from every team. Basically. Yeah, which is fine, there's which five is teams good. Representing the starting line, but there's three teams out of five guys, which is just ludicrous. Because like, and then still the reserves are going to be with Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, the two other Warriors. You're going to have to put in probably Eric Gordon for Do the you Rockets. Think Clay might. I don't know if Clay will make it. He would though. be. He would be a wild card. Yeah, he would be a wild it's a, it's a it's a head coach decision. Yeah, head point, coach right? and coaching staff. Right. Well, not even head coach. It's um coaching staff, the conference coaching staff oh, okay. decisions. Um, yeah, he would be a wild card. So there's not many team representations in the West. So, first pick goes to LeBron James. Yep. If you are him, who do you pick? Um, Durant. Durant. I was actually thinking the same thing. I think that would be really interesting. Yeah. I, I think Durant. That, sorry, that long pause yeah. was going between Greek Freak, Durant. Or Kyrie. Or, or Kyrie. Or or even Anthony Davis. Oh. But you have to take Durant. Yeah. Just one, you don't have to guard him. Two, Durant and LeBron together would be magical. They've they've practiced together. They've trained in the off season together. Magical. I think they would yeah. just be doing the nastiest, nastiest stuff. Um, I don't know. I, I can't wait for the reserves to be announced. Curry, I think that's gonna be good. Yeah, Curry has said that uh, he he has implied that he wants to pick Giannis mm-hmm. because he doesn't want to get dunked on again. <laughs> <laughs> so that seems interesting there. And uh, I mean, yeah, I think it's gonna be pretty cool to see. To see how the picks go out. Yeah. I, I'm excited. Yeah. Um, I love it purely because these two teams, the East and the West, they're not going to be together. But it, it's anything can happen. I think uh, one of the things to talk about as well is Joel Embiid. Mm. <laughs> and in the years pra- years past, he was trying to holler out to Rihanna. Yeah. Um, and then Rihanna came back and rebutted saying, make your first All-Star team and then we'll talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joel Embiid has since made the All-Star team. And then reporters obviously brought up the, the situation of, are you going to hit up Rihanna now that you've made the All-Star team? Right. And he came out and said, no, he, he's moved on. Um, there's a lot of beautiful women out in the world, so he, he's just yeah. going to make it his own. And, she and denied me before, so why would I go exactly. back to her, right? Didn't want me now, now that I'm on. What's the point? No, I don't, I don't see it. Yeah. More power to draw on Embiid. Like, yes, fight the power, bro. <laughs> like... The ball's in your court now, exactly. right? Exactly. Now and, you have the power. And what I love at the end of it was when they said any last words, he said, trust the process. <laughs> she clearly did not. Rihanna, <laughs> <laughs> shots fired. I love it. I um, love it. I love it too. I think Joel Embiid, now you're finally getting some recognition. All-star appearance is definitely vital. Um, good on you. Now the ball's in your court. Make the power moves. Make the money moves, bro. Super off topic and random. Did, did I send you the video of Embiid pushing the fan or something? Yes, when he was uh, at the tailgate for the Philadelphia <laughs> yeah, Eagles. Yeah. Uh, that was so game. random. Super random, super funny. You guys got to check it out. Like, but this... at the same time, if I was him, I would have done the same yes, thing. That, well, like, the Eagles who, fan pushed him first. Who does this guy think he is to touch Embiid? Like I'm that? seven feet tall. You're yeah. like 6'1". Bud. You're nobody. Yeah. And you're like going to shove Embiid? For a He's jump ball? Take shit nah, 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 nah. <laughs> Joel Embiid, keep the fight, bro. I, I don't like how it was a Philadelphia fan. He could very well have been a 76er fan. I mean, that could have got messy really quick. <laughs> right. But I, I, who are you to touch me, bro? Yeah. I don't, I don't know don't who you is. Don't put your hands on a player. Yeah, I don't know who you is. You could have ended a career. Yeah. So. <laughs> but, but I think Embiid ended as a last <laughs> <laughs> It did fall off a camera shot. Yeah. So. But that's pretty much everything that we had to talk about here today. Hold on, hold on. Last thing, yeah. last thing. 
I wanted to get into uh, some of the possible reserves and just how the voting came out and if there were any surprises to you in the, the rest of the voting. Like for me, the biggest surprise for me was that in fan votes, Manu Ginobili came second in the West Guards. Yeah. What the f- and he and he came in like eighth overall because the coach um, media knew and the players knew he wasn't that great to right. be an all star starter. I don't knock it purely because they I think fans know that this is one of the last real chances nobody has to be right. a starter. He's never started an NBA All Star game before. Right. So but do you think he's even gonna be in the All Star game? Probably he, not. He, there's guys ahead of him like Jimmy Butler. Yeah. Uh, I can't even in the think West Coast. Names, like, there's, there's a lot of people. There's like yeah. Eric Gordon. I think should be over him. Um, Russell Westbrook, the Paul Georges. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, there's a lot of people overmanaging nobody. I think his fans just knew that this is the last legitimate chance that he has to make it. Damian Lillard. Yes, Do you Lillard's think gonna he's get, gonna make it. No, he's gonna get <laughs> snubbed again. <laughs> CJ McCollum deserves to make it over Manu. He's probably gonna get snubbed again. Well, okay, well, CJ's not a snub. He's just going to miss it again. Yeah. D- Damian Lillard was a snub. Um, I just think the Western Conference is just so competitive, he, he won't make it. And then on the East, there's guys that uh, didn't Wall. get that great of a vote either. Like, I, we see guys like... Um, Bradley Beal. Yeah, he, he didn't get too many votes. I think Drummond was lower than somebody else. Uh, yeah, Drummond, Ben didn't really get too, too many votes. Ben Simmons didn't get too, too many votes. Right. And in, in regards to guards, I think there's only like two guard slots. And plus, there's there's seven positions to fill. Yeah. So two guard slots have to be filled. And then plus then two, two wild cards. Wild cards, basically. Yeah. So is he going to fill one of those two guard spots where he's competing against guys like... I don't know, Kemba Walker, um, Victor Oladipo, Oladipo, Kyle Lowry, John Wall, like you said, Bradley Beal. That's tough. It's a lot. Centers, you got big men like... uh, Drummond hasn't made it. uh, Yeah, Drummond, Ennis Cantor, Dwight Howard. Uh, Porzingis. There's a lot of guys there. Porzingis. There's a lot to go through. A lot to go through. Um, I can't wait. I think they're going to announce the reserves on the 25th of January. Um, you guys got to stay tuned. Definitely throw in your picks on who you think the reserves are going to be. Um, we'll go through it. Maybe next week. Uh, I think next week is going to be after the 25th, so we can't even put our two cents in it. <laughs> um, we might do a special podcast, or not even a podcast, just throwing out our, our reserve picks Yeah. for you guys just to chew on as well. Yeah, so that's uh, that's pretty much it for today. Uh, right. Thanks for listening to all the way to the end. And again, yeah. if you guys stay to the end, You guys are real MVPs. Real MVPs. (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Raptor the end, guys. Peace out. Don't forget to subscribe.